It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Deion Sanders doesn't need any advice on how to use the transfer portal, but there is one player in particular that can help this Colorado team go from Big 12 maybe to Big 12 contender. You are Locked On Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Borba. Today's episode of Locked on Buffs is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. We are also brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team every day for free and available wherever you may get your podcast. So thank you guys for tuning in and making me your first listen of the day. I greatly appreciate it. Here's the thing. Colorado, great at the portal. Coach Prime knows what he's doing when it comes to the portal, but there's one player remaining, and shout out Nick Saban because he kind of helped in in a way. He kind of helped make this happen. B.J. Green, the Arizona State defense line or edge transfer, is taking a trip to Colorado, and this is the, like, if Colorado gets him, people will start talking about them as a contender for the Big 12, and you're probably going to ask how one player can make such a big difference, and it's not really me saying that BJ Green is the difference between Colorado winning the Big 12 or not, but it is me saying that based on the pieces that they have, adding BJ Green to them can make them a contender for the Big 12, and I'll explain why. Colorado last year, they were 53rd in the country in sacks with 28. Uh, they lost 12, essentially 12 of those sacks to the NFL draft or the portal, and they didn't even really have a dominant pass rusher. Their leading pass rusher was Dom- Jordan Dominic, had five sa- or five sacks, excuse me, and he's off to the NFL. So you lose you lose your leading pass rusher. You need someone to come in. You need someone to kind of be a consistent force on the edge. And that's where B.J. Allen comes into play. Because realistically, or B.J. Green, excuse me, realistically, every team needs a good quarterback, a good offense line, and a pass rusher. You have those three things, and there's a chance that you will be contending for something. I don't know what you'll be contending for, but you'll be contending for something. And BJ Green is someone who Coach Prime has a relationship with. He coached him back in Atlanta. Um, he was his first coach, if I remember correctly. And he is someone who was committed to Washington. Then he was at the, the title game for the Huskies. And then obviously Kalen DeBoer leaves because Nick Saban retires. So he kind of reopened his transfer recruitment. And so he's kind of t- had visit. He's talked about Ole Miss. He's visited there. He's going to visit Colorado this week. Uh, there's also Tennessee, um, or excuse me, Ole Miss was pursuing a Tennessee transfer, but they didn't get him. And Colorado needs him badly. Uh, this would be a huge pickup for Colorado. Uh, they were terrible in the um, in terms of defense in general. They allowed uh, basically 455 yards per game um, for opposing offenses, and they also only average about 2.2 sacks per game. Uh, it's between Washington and Colorado, kind of, and it seems like his decision will come soon because the ad drop schedule for both of these programs is uh, today, actually, Wednesday, and then Ole Miss is Monday. So he's going to be deciding soon, but Colorado really needs to land him because the Big 12, while it's not like the Pac-12 this past season, I don't know if we'll ever see a conference as loaded with quarterbacks as the Pac-12 was, it's going to have some good quarterbacks. You got no Fita. You got Cam Rising. You got Jalen Daniels. You got Avery Johnson over at Kansas Kansas State. 
And these guys know what they're doing. They are able to avoid the avoid the rush. They're able to make plays with their legs. The thing that hurt Colorado last season was anytime they had momentum, it seemed like quarterbacks would find ways to hurt them. You had a guy like B.J. Green who could contain quarterbacks, who could add more pressure. And even if he's not um, throwing up the amazing stats that he had this past season, which he had 39 tackles and 11 half tackles for a loss, six sacks, um, he was second team all Pac-12, even if he does half of that, his presence alone will help other people eat. He's going to help Quincy Wiggins pop off. He's going to help uh, Levante Bentley maybe get some pressure off the edge or whatever it may be or from the linebacker spot. Maybe Trevor Woods sneaks in for a sack. Um, if you look at his PFF uh, grades and all that jazz, he has a pass rushing grade of 83.4. Uh, if you look at Colorado as a whole, let me pull that up real quick. Uh, they did not have that same success. Let's just call it that. We'll just say it like that. Colorado had realistically, oh, just a second, please. Technology. You hate to see it. Colorado's best grade was 62.8. So, and that was Taj Austin. Taj, Taj Austin, excuse me. Jordan Dominic had a 53.3, or excuse me. Taz Austin had a 68.4, Jordan Dominic 69.4, um, Derek McClendon 62.6. So all of those guys, serviceable, weren't really what Colorado needed at that position. And you get a guy like BJ, BJ Green who comes in and he's double the pass. He, he creates more pass rush just by being there. He's very disruptive. He's someone who, if he gets pressure on the quarterback, he's either going to bring him down or he's going to push the quarterback up into someone else on the defensive line for a guy like maybe Chidozi to get a sack or someone else, Sam O from the pit transfer. This Colorado defense line could go from one of the worst in the country or one of the least productive in the country. I wouldn't say they were bad players. Uh, they just didn't put it together. Uh, they could go from that to being one of the more slept on defense lines in the big 12. And so, if there's one transfer that I think Colorado needs to get, it's B.J. Green. You can't expect to win games if you can't get pressure on the quarterback. We know this. It's true at the NFL. It's true at the college level. It's true at the high school level. If you have a defense line that gives quarterbacks ample time to throw, every quarterback looks good against a, a defense line that can't get pressure on them. It's true. I think 99.9% .9 of quarterbacks in college football or the NFL – can make something happen if they have all the time in the world. And Colorado needs to figure out a way to get more pressure on the quarterback. So if Coach Prime could kind of use his prior relationship with BJ Green and be like, hey, BJ, come on over. Join this. Be the face of this defensive line. This Colorado team will go from Big 12 kind of like, oh, what are they going to be to Col look out for Colorado? Because other teams have lost players. Colorado's made a lot of additions, as have these other teams. But Utah lost their best pass rusher. Uh, Jonah Ellis is off to the NFL. Arizona, they've lost a few guys. One of the guys that they landed from Colorado was Taylor Upshaw. Now imagine this Colorado defense with Taylor Upshaw because he was leading the Pac-12 in sacks at one point. I think he ended up leading them in, pack, in sacks in general. Imagine if Colorado had someone who was leading the conference in sacks. They win two or three more games, and that's where B.J. Green comes into effect. Colorado, which we didn't know what Taylor Upshaw was going to be. He didn't come over from Michigan with all this production and all this hoopla. Otherwise, he would have been on Michigan's squad still. But... Losing someone that could have been that is a big difference between Colorado being four and eight and a, a difference between Colorado being seven and five or eight and four, whatever it may be. So Colorado needs BJ Green. They really do. 
their pass rush was, I won't say the weak, one of their weaker things, but it definitely wasn't a strength for them. I, th- I would say timely pass rush wasn't a strength. Um, quarterbacks took advantage when they had the opportunity. And obviously, the less time you give quarterbacks, the more plays your defense can make. And this Colorado defense, uh, they have a chance to to make some plays this op- this upcoming season. This episode of Locked on Buffs is brought to you by our sponsors over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get 115 bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live in-game parlays, or you can find bets in the new Explorers tab, or make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find popular parlays around the FanDuel community and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Welcome back to Lockdown Bus. I appreciate you guys for tuning in, making me your first listen of the day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow. Travis Hunter's impact. We know what it is. We all know Travis Hunter is that guy. But I think he could take another step in this upcoming season. Now, obviously, this is kind of dependent on him staying healthy. This is kind of depending on, on him, what his role is. I, for one, am someone who thinks his role on offense should be a little bit smaller, but I understand if it's I understand if they choose not to do that because he's obviously such a playmaker. It's like he and Shadur loves to throw it to him. Uh, I think realistically, if Shadur Shadur could throw the ball to him thirty times a game, he would. Uh, I I don't I don't doubt that by any means. Uh, but Travis Hunter was named as a too early ESPN's way too early um, All American team um, for this upcoming season, and a lot of people are kind of like questioning. Uh, what to make of Travis Hunter. They all know he's good, but it's like, what is next for Travis Hunter? What role can he have? Well, I think Travis Hunter's impact can go beyond what it was this past season. Defensively, I think teams avoided him last year, and I don't expect that to change, but I expect him to be an even better leader than he was. I think Travis Hunter's a great leader. I think he's a great leader by example. They need someone to be a vocal leader, and I think he is that. I just think he could take that to the next level. Coverage-wise, I would say 99.9% of the time he's really good, but there are times when he looks tired and obviously like Alec Io Manor from Stanford or Tetaroa McMillan from Arizona, those guys got the best of him a few times. It happens. He's human. But I think for Travis to really, really take that next step and have an impact for the defense, he needs to figure out a way to kind of either A, clamp these bigger receivers because both of those guys are big. And so if that's his weakness is big receivers that are athletic, I mean, welcome to the club. That's pretty much every defensive back's weakness. He needs to improve there. Um, and this isn't me saying Travis Hunter's bad by any means. It's just those were the guys that consistently beat him were the guys that were bigger and athletic. It happens. So he improves there. That helps out the defense in a major way because if you throw it to Travis Hunter's direction and he doesn't allow anything, it makes life difficult. When you could take off, take take down, or take away a third of the field from the quarterback, it makes their life hell, and nobody wants to deal with that. So that's my – if you can make an impact on defense, grow as a leader – uh, improve against those big and fast guys. And honestly, that's just one of those things where it's like, 
everyone struggles against big and fast wide receivers. There's a reason that NFL teams love their Calvin Johnson type guys or DK Metcalfs when he's not punching people and getting in trouble. They love matchup nightmares, and that's what these guys are. So offensively, I think have certain packages for Travis because I think having him on offense every single play of every single drive is cool. It like there's no better way to describe it. It's cool to have someone that good playing on both sides of the ball. But does he need to play every single snap? Like I know he wants to, but does he need to? Because going back to the defense, Travis's biggest flaw, I think, is it's not even football wise. It's he wants to play so bad. And it's really weird to criticize a player for being determined and wanting to be there all the time. But he's never gonna say, I don't want to play. Like it, it is what it is. Like I, I respect him for it. I respect him for playing every snap, but it's evident when he's tired is when he is constantly getting beat. When he's tired, defenses take advantage of him. They target him all game, make him kind of busy. On offense, he's making diving catches, running around. And maybe he doesn't need to be on offense for all 100 snaps or whatever it is, or 60 snaps, whatever, however many snaps they get. Maybe he doesn't need to be on that. Maybe he's only on for every other drive. Obviously, in clutch situations, things change, but like, does Travis Hunter need to be on the field for every single possession possible? I don't think so. And so I think they're actually limiting him by doing that because obviously if he's on the field every play, he's able to make a play every play. That's quite simple. But if he's tired for 40% of the plays that he's on because he's on the field 100% of the time, that means four out of 10 times he's there's going to be a, a costly error because teams just don't go at Travis for like simple out routes for slants or whatever it may be. They take shots at him. They want to challenge him. They want to push him. They know what they're doing. They know if if he's covering the the boundary receiver, they know if they have that guy, just run just run to the end zone, you know, tire him out. Travis Hunter's gonna be step for step with him. Travis Hunter's a freak athlete. Of course he is. But if they do that three plays in a row, and that guy never really is intending to get the ball, or maybe he is, and they test him. Travis just sprinted 40 yards three times, and now you want him to go out and make a play on offense. I think you're limiting him by playing him so much, which is weird to say, but I think by giving him a rest on offense a couple of times, it will only enhance what he does on both sides of the ball. And I think that's how you get more out of Travis Hunter, because obviously this is the last year for Travis Hunter. Colorado needs to figure out how to maximize him, Shador, Shiloh, whoever it may be, Jimmy Horn Jr. They need to maximize these guys. And I don't think they're getting the most out of Travis right now. And I think they're the way to get the most out of him is to kind of give him a break sometimes. You don't want to run him into the ground. You don't. It's like a good comparison for me. LeBron James has obviously played the most minutes in the NBA. Uh, I think it's in NBA history. I could be wrong. I think it's NBA history. But he plays a lot of minutes. Uh, even in his well upper 30s, he's playing a lot of minutes. And it's like, okay, we know LeBron is really good, and we know that he's one of the best of all time. I think he's the best of all time. That's a, di a discussion for a different day. But I think we know he's the best or one of the best if you're a Jordan guy, but they know that he can't play all the time and then expect him to kind of continue that on eventually. Like he's going to run out of gas. Obviously LeBron's a freak, but every team he's been on the biggest question mark is like, how can we rest LeBron and still win games? I don't think Travis Hunter needs like to sit out games or anything by any means, but I do think that they're not getting the most out of him. I think to get the biggest impact out of Travis Hunter, they need to figure out how to use him more efficiently uh, because obviously you want to be able to take advantage of having one of the best five college football players in the country. And I don't know if they're doing that 
effectively right now. We'll see what changes or if anything changes. Maybe it doesn't change and I'm completely wrong, but I think they could use him a little more um, efficiently to kind of get the most out of him. When we come back, we're going to be talking about military training and why I think that is the key to Colorado's success next season in terms of their mindset. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Welcome back to Locked on Buffs. I appreciate you guys for tuning in every single day, making me your first listen of the day. I also want to tell you guys about this cool thing that Locked on is doing. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked on, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked on Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. If you're here till the end, it'll directly take you to there, so you won't want to miss it. It's great. They got you covered on every big story. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, whatever's happening there. Um, Debo Samuel was just ruled out of practice today. What happens there? What does that mean for the game? They'll talk about it. What I'm going to talk about now is Colorado's military training. I'm not going to show you the video because um, there's some some intensity and some profanity that we're not allowed to play on the airways, but Colorado last season. I'll talk about it and I'll talk about it again. I think the biggest difference that they need isn't X's and I mean, there are some X's and O's, but it's not X's and O's as their biggest thing that they need to change. It is their mentality and their mind, their mentality and mindsets. Um, just overall selfishness, I guess. But either way, I think the, the thing that hurt Colorado the most was their inability to handle adversity. I think their mentality was we are great because everyone through these first three weeks is telling us we're great and giving us a lot of attention. And that's cool. I, you know, if I had millions, millions of people tuning into my podcast every day, I would start to feel myself. I would not lie to you. I would change. I would be wearing gold chains. I would be wearing fancier clothing. I'd be in designer clothing all the time. It happens. You know, when everyone's watching you, when LeBron James, when Samuel Jackson, when Offset, Quavo, uh, The Rock, uh, whoever it may be, famous people, Terrell Owens, Michael Irvin, all these people are gassing you up. And then all of a sudden, bad things start to happen. You're like, but all those famous people said we're really good. So, like, what is, what is the problem? Well, the problem was when you started to lose, it was obvious that you were not ready to lose. And I think they weren't tough mentally. And I think that was kind of the mindset aspect that hurt them. So, this offseason, Colorado, or right now, Colorado is training with the Marines or the Marine Corps. So, they have like the their Semper Fee thing going on and all that, but they're doing like military course training. So they're carrying ammo boxes. They're carrying teammates. They're doing, I don't know what they're called, but the push-ups where you have like your leg on someone else's shoulders and someone else's legs are on your shoulders. And I don't think it's more so, I, I think a lot of people are like, this is to toughen them up. I promise you, they don't need to be toughened up. I mean, maybe according to Coach Prime, they probably do. Because in that doc, there was a, a practice week where everybody was injured. I don't think they need to be toughened up as a whole. I think some guys maybe maybe too willing to be like, ah, my my shoulder, I kind of tweaked, I got a stinger. But I do think they're toughening up their mindset. And I think the biggest challenge for Colorado last season was their mindset. Now, obviously, again, I'm not going to deny that there wasn't on the field things that kind of hurt them. But 
a lot of what happens on the field or a lot of mistakes are mental mistakes that lead to physical or football mistakes. Like if you blow a coverage because you're not thinking of your job or if you gave up a big play the play before and you're back out there and you're like, oh, I gave up a big play. I'm sad. It's, it's one of those things. It's like in baseball. I had a coach back in the day always would say, if you don't want the ball to come to you, the ball is going to come to you. Like same thing in football. If if you don't want something bad to happen to you, if you don't want to drop a pass, if you don't want to miss a tackle, if you don't want the quarterback to keep targeting you, all of that's going to happen because you're thinking about it so much. I think the training isn't more so about being making them physically tough. I think it's more about uh, mental toughness. And a program that I always see doing stuff like this is actually Vanderbilt baseball. So Vanderbilt is really they're not a military school, but their coach has a lot of military um, uh, practices, I guess you could say. Um, and he uses it to their advantage. He uses military like training to really strengthen the team's mental. Obviously, conditioning is uh, a major part of it. But it's a lot of like, we did this together. I think this is, in a way, building team connection, team connectivity by doing this training. It's something, a, a shared experience of suck. Sometimes you have to embrace the suck, and it's better to embrace the suck with more people. And it, it really is. Uh, it's like when you have siblings or cousins or whatever, and if your parents are making you do something, it's like, why doesn't sister or brother have to do this too? It's better to do something that sucks with people you love. It's better to do something that, that sucks with people that you want to be around because it builds that relationship. It builds common toughness. It shares a kind of like a, a goal, a common goal. Like everybody's trying to complete this training together. Everybody's trying to complete it the best they can. And when you're doing it together, it makes it better. Now, obviously everything is team oriented in football, but that doesn't mean that people aren't playing individualistic football. And I think Colorado had some individualistic football last season. It was like, how can I boost my draft stalker? How can I get these numbers or how can I do this? The training is helping them mentally. Obviously there's a physical aspect to it, but it's helping them become mentally tougher it's helping them bond in a sense because obviously they're embracing the suck together. And three, it's just good for you. You know, uh, some burpees and some running with some ammo box. It seems like a great time for a workout. I personally wouldn't sign up for it because obviously I don't feel like I'm military ready. Um, but I think it's great for those who do it. And I think it's going to be great for this Colorado team. And I think Coach Prime, I don't know if he'll admit it or if he'll say it, but I think there's a lot of things that went wrong in year one. And I think two of the biggest things were the lack of continuity on the team and to their mindsets. And I think he's fixing both those things in his way this off season to really kind of build this team forward uh, come 2024. So that way they can contend in the big 12, whether they get BJ green or not, whether they use Travis Hunter differently or not, this Colorado team is going to have a different mindset, which could be the difference between them winning games or kind of being another middle of the pack team. So I appreciate you guys for tuning into locked on buffs every single day, making me your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe. We're nearing 5,000 subscribers. We'd love to get there uh, by the start of the next month. We're also, uh, give me five stars on Spotify and Apple. Give me any que questions in the comments below. If you guys want me to do a mailbag, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
your team every day.